Hello, welcome to episode 13 of the Double Double. I'm Kelly Hogan and joining me on the pod today is David Dixon. David, how are you? Doing great, Kelly. Opening days tomorrow. Can't wait. Cannot wait. So we're going to deviate a little bit today from the basketball happenings that we've been discussing the past couple episodes, and we're going to break down a little bit of baseball. So we're going to give our picks for MVP as well as the World Series and have some fun with a couple of prop bets. But before that, Dave, let's talk about our beloved New York Yankees. They're coming off a 100-win season, their first since 2009, but they did have a disappointing loss to the Red Sox in the playoffs. That one, that stung a little bit. How are you feeling about the Yankees in 2019? I'm feeling absolutely fantastic about the New York Yankees going to 2019. They must have had they must have had the most disappointing 100-win season maybe in the history of professional baseball. To go to win 100 games and the whole time that the season's going on, people were questioning them. And, and, you know, I just didn't really feel that confident about them the whole season. And then, obviously, losing to the Red Sox in the playoffs just hurts down to the core. Um, it was just a really disappointing end to the season. Stanton struggles in the playoffs. But I'm really optimistic going into this season that Stanton, in his second year in the Big Apple, will be a lot better. He'll hopefully he strikes out a lot less. Judge is the real deal. Judge is our leader. Judge is the guy. He's going to be awesome. I'm optimistic that Gary Sanchez will be the Gary Sanchez of two seasons ago, not last year's Sanchez, where he looked like a Triple A player for most of the year, and that he'll be back to a big, maybe All Star level contributor. I'm I am worried about the pitching staff, Kelly. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. The the starting pitching is an area of concern for me because the bullpen looks great. You have Adam Ottavino, a Brooklyn born and raised guy. Dellen Batansis, Araldis Chapman. We have dudes in the bullpen. I'm just worried about the guys who are going to get us to our beasts at the at, at the back of the pen. I love the optimism about the Yankees. And as you said last year, they won 100 games. But I feel like in baseball, you're really looking at how many games back you are, how many games ahead you are in the standings. And because the Red Sox were so hot and got off to such a good start, the Yankees were were chasing their shadow all season. And all of a sudden you look up and they won 100 games and you're like, what happened? But this year, I'm a little bit concerned about the injuries. They're starting to pile up a little bit. Aaron Hicks, Batanzas, Jordan Montgomery, Severino, Didi, they're all out opening day. And Greg Bird is a questionable kind of as he's been his whole career. I do think the one favorable aspect for the Yankees just to start the season is their schedule. They go Baltimore, Detroit, Baltimore to start the season. So that's nine games right there against the two worst teams in the American League from last year. And then they have three more series in April against Kansas City, the White Sox, and San Francisco Giants. So not the toughest schedule, which might help them stay afloat a little bit. And as you touched on, the bullpen is dynamite. Adovino was a huge pickup. Chapman, as you mentioned, they did lose Robertson, but they have like five guys who would would close for most teams. 
So that is definitely a strength. And then offensively, like you said, Giancarlo in his second season in the Big Apple, I'm ex- expecting a huge season from Stanton. And Aaron Judge is primed for another just monster season. Hopefully he can stay healthy this year. Last year he missed like 50 games. The Yankees set the home run record last season with 267, beating the Mariners uh, from 1997 who hit 264. And I wouldn't be shocked if the Yankees top that record again this year. I think they're going to just tear the cover off the ball. Yeah, for sure. You know, you have, as you mentioned, Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, Gary Sanchez, guys who should be hitting a lot of home runs. Miguel Andujar at third base was awesome last year. He can hit for power. You have Didi when he, when he's back because it's it's projected that, that he'll be back sometime. I think around the All Star break. Correct me if I, if I'm wrong, but somewhere around there he'll be back. And we all know that he can hit for power. Torres can hit for power. I think the main area of concern from just a position player standpoint is first base, left field, and defensively at catcher. Our first base concerns is Greg Bird has been this tantalizing player his whole career for the Yankees, which is everyone raves about him. He's awesome. He's the guy. But he's just, he, he, he just keeps getting bit by the injury bug. And not, you know, he keeps pulling his hammy and he's always out for a week or two, but he's always out for months at a time. And it's really hard when you get hurt and you miss three months to six months with a major injury to get back all the way continually when you do it time after time. And I, as much as I loved what Luke Voigt was able to do last year, it's just kind of he hasn't really proved it for a long period of time yet, which makes me really wonder if we didn't think Bryce Harper could play first base because he makes the most logical sense. You get that left-handed power bat in Yankee Stadium, playing first base, that would just be another huge bat to put into our lineup. And then also, he could play left field. Brett Gardner is, I think, one of the leaders in the clubhouse, but he's not a leader on the field anymore in terms of production. I think we're going to give some chances to Clint Frazier, but that's that's another rookie that we're going to be relying on as we hope to make a postseason run. And... It is funny that when you talk about behind the dish defensively, get that Gary Sanchez's biggest weakness as a catcher is actually catching the ball, <laughs> um, which which is just ironic that 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 the catcher struggles at catching. But I feel like he's got to have just gotten better, and if maybe he could DH a little bit, we could work out outfield alignments that we could get. Um, a better glove back there and keep his and keep Sanchez's bat in the lineup as long as he's producing. There are some holes on this team, but I like where we are right now. I'm very optimistic. I think we're going to look back on Gary Sanchez's career and 2018 is going to be an anomaly. He came in his, his rookie year and hit something like 18 home runs in 60 games and just absolutely took the league by storm. So I, I hope, you know, for our sake as Yankee fans and for his sake, that last year was just a year-long slump and he bounces out of that. I agree with you on all fronts in terms of holes on the team. I think 
Greg Bird, he hasn't yet lived up to the hype, and I guess time will tell if he eventually does live up to the hype that surrounded him as a minor leaguer and through these injury-ridden first couple seasons. I'm a huge Luke Voigt guy. I think he doesn't bring a lot to the table defensively, but he more than makes up for it with his power and his bat. And the one hole that you I don't think you mentioned is just third base. I think defensively, Miguel Andujar leaves a lot to be desired there. Both, you know, from a fielding perspective and a throwing perspective, it's not like he he's kind of a poor fielder, but he's got a strong arm. He's just overall, he's just not a great fielder. So I think that could be an area of concern as well for the Yankees. Dave, the over-under for the Yankees in Vegas is 97 wins. Which way are you leaning? You know, I think that the AL East is a lot is a very good division, and it might just be the best division in all of baseball because the Red Sox are loaded again this season. They're going to be back. I do think that Baltimore is going to be extremely bad again because they're doing what the Cubs did and they're really tanking and following the Cubs and Astros method of retooling through the draft and kind of bottoming bottoming out. I think the Rays have a chance to be very good this year. They're always underrated. They, They have great pitchers. Blake Snell is back. He's awesome. I think the Rays have a chance to surprise this this season. And the Jays are always a tough out. So I think that just because the, the division is really hard and there's just so many good teams, and then also you, not to mention the other really good teams in, in the American League, in the Indians, the Astros, the Athletics, that I would probably take the under but keep it around 95-ish wins. Like not under down to 90, but just barely under. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I was thinking somewhere around the ballpark of 95. Just because if if you say a team is going to win more than 95 games, you're basically saying you feel that they're going to win their 100-win team. And that there's a lot that can happen over the course of a season. And I think the Yankees are definitely going to make the playoffs. If you put a gun to my head, I'd probably pick Boston to win the division as much as I hate to say it. But I think the Yankees get to 95 and, like last year, finish with the second best record in the AL, yet are forced to play in the wild card game. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because the American League, it feels like there's not a lot of parity right now in terms of the playoff teams because the Astros are so good. The Red Sox are so good. The Indians have been so good for, for many years that it leads to perhaps we're going to get a lot of su- surprises. Last year it was Oakland, and who knows who that team is going to be this year, whether it's going to be Oakland again, Seattle, maybe the Angels. You mentioned Tampa Bay earlier. This this boggles my mind. They, I think they're going to have a competitive ball club this year. Obviously, Blake Snell won the Cy Young Award last year, so they definitely have some dudes down there. But their team payroll right now, is $55.4 million. So they are operating on a budget about a quarter the size of the Yankees. And, you know, they're being able to put together a competitive ball club. So I think the the Rays in their front office, 
I mean, outside of their frugality and their lack of a willingness to spend, I think deserve a lot of credit for the team that they've established down there. Oh, yeah, for sure. They they have to be one of the smartest front offices in all baseball in terms of how they allocate their resources because it's not a big market. They have a really hard time getting people to their games. It's not, I think, as you said, so much that they are frugal in terms of the owners don't want to spend money and they're in a money-saving mode. I think it's just that they just don't have as much money to spend. They're just at a competitive financial disadvantage as a lot of teams that are in bigger markets. And they've been a great team and a great story ever since they went from the Tampa Bay Devil Rays to the Tampa Bay Rays. It's amazing when you change your name, you change the identity around your ball club, just the type of impact you can have. And it seems silly just cutting off a word but once they did that, they've been really good. All right, so let's move on to a little, a couple prop bets. First one, which total will be greater? Bryce Harper's cash flow in 2019 in terms of millions, so 30, or home runs he hits this season? I got homers. I think he's going to have a great season. I think he's going to hit somewhere between 48 and 56 home runs this year in Philly. 48 and 56. All right, I'm taking the under. So I'm taking under 30. He's only hit over 30 twice in his seven year career. And we've seen stars in the past struggle when they've switched teams. He signed late. He didn't have a full spring training. Yes, Citizens Bank Park is a hitters friendly ballpark, but so was where he played with the Nationals. So, you know. 48 to 56 is steep. I'm taking under 30, and I guess time will tell, Dave. But um, I feel pretty strongly that he will not hit that many homers. I mean, I mean, he hit 34 homers last year. So, and then his career high is 42. I don't think it's that crazy to say that he's going to be back and that he's going to get into the high 40s considering he's in his athletic prime. It's all about if he stays healthy. If, if he plays 150 games, I think he could get to that number. Uh, pretty, obviously nothing's easily, but it wouldn't shock a lot of people, I think, if he had 48 home runs this year or 50 home runs. It wouldn't shock me, but I just think it's unlikely. Because if you just go through his career totals, his home run totals, since he entered the league, 22, 20, 13, 42, as you mentioned, his MVP year, 24, 29, 34. So... He definitely has the ability and the pop to do it. I just I just don't think it's going to happen this year. So next one, Clayton Kershaw over under 25 starts. So just, just to provide a little bit of context, he started the last eight opening day games for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And this season, he's starting the season on the 10-day injured list, Dave, because we don't, we don't say disabled list anymore. Nope. As much as I want to say that he's going to get take the over, I think that he's going to be probably starting less than 25 just because the Dodgers are one of the best teams in baseball. They are one of the smartest teams in baseball. They're one of the best managed teams in baseball. And they know that what really matters to them is the playoffs. And I think that they're going to do, we always talk about with basketball and specifically with LeBron managing minutes. I think they're going to manage Kershaw's starts and innings so that he is at his peak 
and in midseason form when they need him in September and October uh, to see to, to, for the Dodgers to be able to get over the hump because the Dodgers are a really good baseball team and they don't need Kershaw to start 30 plus games, have 200 innings with 300 strikeouts for a prayer at the playoffs. If they got somewhere around 140 innings from him this year, they'll be in a great spot, I think, to try to push through the playoffs with him now ready for a higher workload once we get into the playoffs as he's in midseason form. Yeah, I'm right there with you. We've seen him have playoff struggles in the past. And while that might not be because of fatigue, the fact that he pitched 220, 250 innings certainly didn't help matters. He's one of, he's probably the greatest pitcher of this generation. And you could make the argument of all time. Three, three Cy Young Awards, three more top three finishes. He's had a sub two ERA three times. I think it's in Dave Roberts and the Dodgers' best interest to kind of milk this and make sure that he's healthy when it matters most because we've seen the Dodgers get to October and, and November a few times in recent years and come up short, not entirely because of him, but there's been some instances where you know the team was relying on him and he didn't, he didn't come through when it was needed. So I think at this point in his career, you know, he's, he's upwards of 30. I'm not sure Cy Young's and wins mean as much to him as World Series rings. So I think he'll keep that in the back of his mind. And I think, um, I think 25 starts, that would be on the high end. Because if you think about it, if, if you start every single game or every single time you're scheduled to start, that's 33 to 34 starts you'd make in a season. That's how much, you know, number one starters make in a season. So essentially what we're saying is, do you think Clayton Kershaw is going to miss more or less than eight starts? And I would take, I would take more on that. On to the last prop bet. We're going to pit two Yankees sluggers next to each other or against each other. Who hits more home runs this season? Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton? <sighs> this is such a tough question. I w- I w- the safe bet is Judge. But I feel, but when Stan gets hot, he just demolishes the baseball, and just can he, when he gets hot, he could have a three week stretch where he hits fourteen home runs, you know, like he when he's on, he is on, but also when he's off, he is way off. So I think the safe bet is Judge will hit more, but not by many. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think Judge is just the overall better hitter, and I think he utilizes all areas of the field better than Stanton. Like you said, there are weeks where Stanton is, hits three, four home runs in a two-game stretch, and then there's other times where he swings and misses, and the ball was in the other batter's box, and it looked like he was swinging with his eyes closed. So the variance in terms of Stanton on his good and bad days is incredible, and it's at times you almost wonder – how is this dude a major league hitter? But I do think he and Judge will be close. And at the end of the season, I believe Aaron Judge will have more home runs. But I have a bold prediction for you. Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge will combine for more home runs 
then the Yankees have wins. And I already said I think the Yankees are going to have about 95 wins. Wow. That is a that is a lot of home runs, my friend. I think it's going to happen, though. I think, I think Stanton will mash about, say, 48, and I'll give Judge 52 and Hundo, Hundo between the two of them. I'm going with that. Love it. Love it. That's, that, that's going to be awesome for the Yankees. Let's take a break, and we'll come back, and we will give our predictions on the MVPs and Cy Young awards in each league and then finish up with our World Series picks. So, David, let's go one league at a time. AL MVP, who do, you, who do you have winning the award? So, I don't think it's any fun when predicting the AL MVP to say Mike Trout. He's the best player in baseball. Is paid like the best player in baseball now. For the record, I predict Mike Trout will win the MVP. But on the double-double, we like to have fun. We like the occasional hot take. Even though Francisco Lindor, right now they're saying he's out indefinitely, I think he comes storming back when he's healthy. He might just be the best shortstop in all of baseball, right up there with Carlos Correa. And I think Francisco Lindor will lead the Indians to another division title and will get crowned his first MVP, not just for the great things that he can do at the plate, as, he's a, as he can hit for average, he can hit for power, he can run the bases. He is also a fantastic defensive player. He commands the shortstop position, he's the king of the infield, and he just makes plays where you're watching and you go, I don't know how he just did that. So I think Francisco Lindor wins the AL MVP mainly because it's not, it's a more fun situation than just saying Mike Trout because Mike Trout is the best and his eventuality will win the MVP. All right. Well, I, I could try and be sexy, but I'd, I'd rather just be right. So my AL MVP, I'm picking Mike Trout. I'll give you a dark horse in a minute, but I'm just, I'm, I'm just, let me just go off on Mike Trout for a minute. So he's probably the best hitter, the best fielder, the best base runner. He's the best player in baseball, maybe ever. I think the Angels are going to bounce back and have a really good season. As we mentioned earlier, the AL is very top-heavy with the Astros, Red Sox, and Yankees. And I think Mike Trout is just going to go off this season. And the Angels are going to be the fourth team in the AL just in terms of the hierarchy. I know it's going to be two teams from the AL West and two teams from the AL East. And if things were to work out that way, it'd probably be a Yankees Angels wild card game that would be super entertaining. I might take the train down from from West to go see that one. Yeah, see Mike Trout in person. He should be in pinstripes, but that's a uh, discussion for another day. Yeah, the dark horse who I will give. I'm, I'm sticking with my pick, Mike Trout. But someone who's flying under the radar, who I would not be surprised if they made a push for the award, Alex Bregman, Houston Astros. Whoa. Now that that is a great pick. Just signed a fat contract, deserves every penny of it. 
he gets overshadowed a lot by Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa in Houston, his he might have the prettiest swing in all of baseball. Yeah. And there is not a pitch that he can't hit. The way he plays is built perfectly for their ballpark. And he also flashes some fine leather at third base. So I think Mike Trout is my pick. And I think Alex Bregman will, will finish second and could potentially win the award. Yeah, that's a great pick. I love watching Alex Bregman play. Plays the game the right way. It still haunts me when Yankees, Astros, playoffs, ALCS, bases loaded. I'm pretty sure this was game seven. Ground ball to third. He fires it home. They get Greg Bird out. You know, classic Greg Bird. Leaving more to be desired. But just, Bregman's a great player. Now, for the NL MVP, my pick is another guy who is known for flashing some serious leather over at the hot corner at third base. This man also just got paid handsomely. I'm talking about Colorado Rockies all-star third baseman, Nolan Arenado. This dude might be the best fielder at third base in all baseball. He's up there with Matt Chapman of the Oakland Athletics, Manny Machado, and as the guy you just mentioned, Bregman. I think this guy might just be the best out of all of them. Playing Colorado, he's going to have insane offensive numbers. And I do think that it's not just the Colorado altitude, that if you put him in Seattle, he would still have fantastic numbers. This dude can hit. He can hit for power. And I think this is the year the Rockies... And Arenado are on the map. David, I love that pick. I think when you factor in offense and defense, just skill level at both, he is up there with Mike Trout in terms of just best overall players in baseball. For sure. My pick is a guy who changed teams this offseason. He was formerly of the Arizona Diamondbacks. He now plays first base for the St. Louis Cardinals. He's one of the most underrated players in baseball, and that, sir, would be Paul Goldschmidt. 33 or more home runs in three of the past four seasons. He had 120 RBIs in 2017, and this man is super durable. Over the past four seasons, he's played in 158, 155, 158, and 159 games. So you cannot take this man off the diamond. The Cardinals had a little bit of a down season last year. They missed the playoffs. I think this year, Goldschmidt will lead them to the postseason along with Yadier Molina. And when he does that, the narrative will be there. This guy was traded in the offseason, brought into St. Louis, and is looked at as somewhat of a savior. And I think Paul Goldschmidt gets a uh, a long-deserved Most Valuable Player Award in the National League this year. Yeah, you're, you are so right with this one. Goldschmidt, when he was in Arizona, was kind of just in, was just anonymous to a lot of baseball fans who weren't in the out in the desert. By playing for St. Louis, now you're playing for a national brand, one of the most followed teams in all of baseball. They're always on, you know, they're always on ESPN, playing the Cubs or the Reds or the Pirates. The Cardinals are a great team, great organization. 
And I have a, you know, a prediction for you guys later on in the podcast that Paul Goldschmidt is going to be very responsible for. So, so I love this pick. So Cy Young in the AL, I'm going with Trevor Bauer of the Cleveland Indians. The dude could have potentially won it last year. Took a line drive off the leg, and it kind of curtailed his season a bit. But he did finish 12-6 and six with an ERA of 2.2. So that's very impressive, especially in the American League. I think something that's going to play into his favor is how weak his division is. The AL Central is putrid and has been for, I mean, last year for sure and even the year before that. Luckily, he plays for the Indians, so he doesn't have to face them. But between the other teams in that division, he's going to be able to stack up not only wins, and we know wins aren't as valued as they used to be, but he's just going to put up donuts. He's going to put up a bunch of zeros. And his curveball, his 12-6 curveball, I'm sure you've seen it. That is one of the nastiest pitches in baseball. Yeah, I mean, he has tremendous stuff. Great velocity, great off-speed. And he does what pitchers are paid to do. He doesn't allow runs. And I just... I think he's a great pitcher. I just don't see him winning this award because he's so unlikable in his personality and the way that he carries himself that I just have a hard time that unless he truly runs away with the award and has just a historically tremendous season that if it comes down between him and another person, just the the human part of voting where you want to vote for someone that you like or that you think that 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 you like and not someone so dislikable in Trevor Bauer that I think that's going to hurt him in the voting. My guy, I don't really have a lot to say about him. This dude just produces year in, year out, and that's Justin Verlander. The guy just gets it done. When his number is called, he's just awesome. He gives you everything you need and more. Strikes people out, throws hard, great off-speed stuff, commands the game, goes deep into games, which not a lot of people do nowadays. I mean, what more can you say about Justin Verlander? He's been doing this his whole career. Yeah, that's a heck of a pick. I mean, he won he won the MVP, not just the Cy Young, the AL MVP in 2011. And eight years later, he's in the discussion still for the Cy Young. That's incredible. Last year, he was an all-star. So I think that's a fantastic pick. My NL Cy Young Award winner, he's not much of a household name, but he soon will be. That's Aaron Nola of the Philadelphia Phillies. Whoa. Last year, you know, he wasn't too experienced. Now he's got a whole year under his belt. He's seasoned. He has an improved defense behind him. JT Real Muto is probably the best defensive catcher in baseball. So that's a huge pickup. Gene Segura up the middle will provide a better glove and some consistency at both the shortstop and second base positions. And then just having an offense centered around Bryce Harper, it's going to take a lot of the pressure off of him because I think last year the Phillies pitchers felt they had to be perfect because the production offensively wasn't always there. So I think Aaron Nola is going to be able to go out there this year and just pitch freely. And, you know, like Trevor Bauer, he has some nasty stuff. And there are a lot of great pitchers in the National League East. I think this year he will prove that he is among them. 
Yeah, I mean, I just I just don't know how you can pick a pitcher in the NL East and not pick Jacob DeGrom. I understand that the Cy Young is an individual season award, and maybe Nola will have the best season as DeGrom, but Nola is not the best pitcher in that division. The best pitcher in that division is my prediction, which is New York Met all-star, previous Cy Young Award winner, Jacob DeGrom. This dude is lights out. He's the best pitcher in, in the division. He might just be the best pitcher in the National League. There is nothing that this guy can't do on the mound. There is no one better than Jacob DeGrom at, as I said about before, about Trevor Bauer, doing what pitchers are paid to do and not letting people on base and not letting people score. DeGrom has the advantage that City Field is a pitcher-friendly park, but also Jacob DeGrom is at a huge disadvantage in that his whole career, basically except for the one year that the Mets made the World Series, the Mets haven't been very good. He hasn't gotten a lot of run support, and he still has put up insane pitching stats. He hasn't won as many games, but as we talked, as you mentioned before, wins are a team activity and a team stat that the pitcher can't control what the offense does on the day that he starts. And for the stats that DeGrom can control, he is one of the best in, in the league yet. So I think DeGrom goes back-to-back Cy Youngs for the Mets. Dave, I just want to throw this out there. You were kind of busting my balls picking Mike Trout for the AL MVP. Uh-huh. I would say Jacob DeGrom is about a sure bet for the NL Cy Young as Mike Trout is for the AL MVP. So we can call ourselves even on that one. All right, fair? Well, well, well the difference to, if I could defend myself for one second, is that Jacob deGrom isn't, isn't being called the best pitcher in the history of baseball. He could be. The legitimate comparison for Mike Trout up to this point in his career is Babe Ruth. So deGrom isn't being compared right now to Sandy Koufax or... Cy Young himself, you know, I I think he's got a few more awards to win before, but I understand your point. He's the favorite. Picking the favorite is always lame, but sometimes the lame choices are what's going to happen. All right, let's get let's get to what the people came here to listen to. Our World Series predictions. Who do you have coming out of both the American and National League this year? Yeah, so I as much as I, I love the Yankees, I just can't pick them. I, I still feel like they're one year away. I still have a lot of concerns about their pitching staff, starting pitching. It's been our issue in the playoffs. Already Severino is hurt. CeCe Sabathia is 39 years old. Tanaka still has a partially torn UCL in his elbow. I, I just got a lot of concerns about the pitching staff for, for the Yankees. The, the Red Sox, one of the best teams ever last year. They can hit the ball like maybe no other team. That lineup is just brutal. But I think championship hangovers are real, and it's so hard to repeat that they're, I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I don't see them getting back to the World Series just because it's so hard to repeat, and that championship hangover I think is, is a real thing. The Indians I just don't think are good enough compared to the other teams in, in the AL. No, nothing against them, but at, they they have fantastic players. I think that they're going to have the MVP, and you think they're going to have the, the Cy Young, but 
I just think that the Astros are just better than them. And I think that the Astros with Alex Bregman, Carlos Correa, George Springer, Jose Altuve, the pitching staff of Verlander, Garrett Cole. I just think that they just have guys. They've won like they've won before. I think they're hungry to get back. And I think that they're going to make it back to the World Series and face the St. Louis Cardinals. Paul Goldschmidt is the bat that they were missing. NL MVP. They have the pitching. And as you said, NL MVP, they, they have the pitching. As much as I praise the Dodgers, I think it's I, I don't think they're gonna make it to three straight World Series. Um I think that's just so hard to do. And I think the Cardinals are right. They they're coming off a couple disappointing seasons. That just gives them way more motivation to get, to go just go for it th- this year, and I just think that they have the pieces of just a really good ball club with the superstar first baseman, kind of like their kind of like their last World Series win, Kelly, with another All Star first baseman named Albert Pujols. Oh yeah, big Albert. So so Cardinals Astros in the World Series. I think the Astros win in six. I think that they got more than the Cardinals. They, they, they just have more firepower. I think the Astros are back. Two championships in three years for, for the team down in uh, Houston. David, I hate to say it, but I'm right there with you with the Astros representing the American League. I don't think it's because the Yankees are a year away. I just think when it gets down to it, the Yankees are going to too reliant on – home runs, and we've seen that recipe in the postseason wind up with disaster just because in a small sample size of three or four games, it's not always feasible to just rely on the long ball, and I think that'll come back to to bite the Yankees. So along with you, I'm picking the Astros to represent the American League. Jose Altuve is their engine. Carlos Correa, he had a down year last year, and they still made the ALCS. I think Similarly to Gary Sanchez, we're going to look back on last season in Correa's career, and it's just not going to make any sense. The dude is just does it all, and I think he's going to return to that form this year. Alex Bregman, I mentioned earlier, stud, potential MVP candidate, and he might be the third best player on his own team or in his own infield, which is ridiculous. They signed Michael Brantley this offseason. He was an all-star the past two seasons with the Indians. I think that will be a huge pickup that's flown under the radar thus far. And as you mentioned, their pitching staff is just lights out. Between Verlander, your AL Cy Young pick, Garrett Cole, Charlie Morton, and Lance McCullers, they said to hell with Dallas Keuchel. They don't need him. And then in the National League, this pick might shock you a little bit. I'm going with the Atlanta Braves. Whoa. I understand that the NL East will cannibalize itself between the Phillies, the Nationals, the Mets, and the Braves. But I think at season's end, the Braves will be the last team standing from that division and from the National League. I love Freddie Friedman. They're young guys. Ronald Acuna. And Ozzy Albies are both studs and will be all-stars probably for the next 10 to 12 years. And they also added Josh Donaldson 
and Brian McCann, they're great locker room guys, but they're also, I think they're going to be very productive for them. Brian McCann is obviously making his return back to Atlanta. And Josh Donaldson, yeah, he was hurt last year, but he hit 33 home runs in 2017. And in 2016, he was fourth in the AL MVP voting. So I think given give him a full season and assuming he's healthy, I think the Braves are not only going to make some noise this season, but represent the National League in the World Series. And similarly to you, when it's all said and done... I have the Astros over the Braves in six games. I just think Houston's pitching is lights out and dominant. And we've seen time and time again, the adage defense wins championships is often sprouted in, in football, but I think it's also applicable in baseball. And I just think Houston's pitching staff and their experience will lead them to their second world series in the past three years. Yeah. So, as much as we both think Houston will probably win, we'll be pulling for our Yankees hard. Go Yankees. That'll do it for episode 13 of the Double Double. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. We would really appreciate five stars. We have a special guest joining us on Friday, so please come back and listen. Take care and make it a great day.